0: Thank you for tuning in. Today's guest is Elise Chimino, who is a qualified naturopath and nutritionist and the founder of the beautiful clinic Ahara Health. This is a multi-modality clinic found in Newport in Sydney and I'm really excited to hear all about how she's built it up to what it is today um, and her journey as a health professional. So thank you so much for joining me Elise.
1: Thanks for having me. I'm it's excited fun. to be a part of it.
0: Yeah it's great to have you here. So to get started, let's talk a little bit about how you got interested in the health space and where your journey started.
1: Sure. So I guess in hindsight, um, I was kind of always supposed to be an naturopath. My passion for food was just so strong. Um, Growing up in a large Italian family, food was just the center of everything. It was the happiness and it's where joy had happened and magic happened. And I just always grew around up. Um, in that atmosphere and watching my grandparents grow their own food and harvest and cook it, it just made me so happy. And I didn't even realize at the time, but they would use like their own little herbal remedies for their own ailments. And I just thought that was everyone's normal, um, <laughs> which looking back, Ah, they were using like oregano as an antibacterial and that's just what they were. And yeah, so I think I was always supposed to be an um, but I didn't really know that at the time while studying. Um, while I was doing my HSC, I had kind of convinced myself that I wanted to either be <laughs> a dietitian a physio or a psychologist so I kind of set myself on psychology and tailored my hsc subjects so that I would be perfect and slot straight into the psychology degree um but I got in I did a year and I think it was my impatience and I was like yeah no this isn't working this is not where I quite need to be um so (laughs) I'm glad I did that um but it's worked well for what I do now anyway but I just taking some time off and went into childcare. Um, And it was there that I was able to see the direct link that food had, the instant response, essentially, that food had on children. Um, And one morning I was there and I was watching kids in the playground and a parent dropped off her son with like three ginger snap cookies. And I watched him for the rest of the day run around, super hyped up on sugar and... Teachers started to diagnose him, which I was totally different thing. But Mm. I kind of was like, no, this is not where I need to be. I need to be doing food. Um, So coincidentally, there was an open day for a college like a week or so later. And I went to that open day, sat in the wrong room. Essentially, I thought I was sitting in the nutritional talk, but I sat in the naturopathy talk and (laughs) instantly fell in love and
0: literally enrolled on the spot. Amazing. It's <laughs> yeah. kind of about me
1: from that side of things.
0: I love that. That's so cool. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm, ge- I'm sure you've never looked back since that day. No, not at all. I yeah. love it. I <laughs> really love it. Oh, that's <laughs> yeah. brilliant. Um, so what, tell us a little bit about your journey after graduating and how you got started in the health space um, and then eventually how it evolved into starting your own clinic.
1: Sure. So it was quite the journey. Um, At the time of me enrolling in Sydney, there wasn't a degree option. So I went and did the advanced diploma and I was super fortunate that Endeavour opened literally the semester after I finished the advanced dip. So I transferred straight in and did the degree From then, which I think was actually quite the blessing because I probably would have had some more time off between that and that degree had I not just enrolled straight in. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, so I kind of went through Endeavour and did the degree. And at the same time, I was managing a local small health food shop, which I absolutely loved. Yep. And it just gave me such hand on experience and quick diagnosis and I became a familiar face and it also started to build my client base as well, mm-hmm. um, which was just absolutely invaluable and highly recommend for anyone studying to try and get in like a small family health food shop because um, you just get so much experience. You really do. Um yeah. Yeah. So I was there and then I was actually approached by one of my customers and he was running a functional food manufacturing company. Oh, cool. Do you want to come work? I was like, yeah, sure. I've done this. Let's go and explore something else. So I had finished the degree at that stage um, and I was doing some things on the side, but I really wanted to explore different avenues as well. So I went into functional food manufacturing and learned a lot about how companies develop protein powders and superfoods and things like that Um, Which yeah, it was just absolutely it was awesome. It just wasn't for me essentially Um, I really was missing that hand-on experience. Um, so I ended up leaving there and At the same time I was kind of working for the healthy chef. Um, it was the three of us. Yeah, <laughs> there was a crossover in things as well. Um, but there was the three of us that kind of was starting out. It was me as a naturopath, um, a dietitian, and nutritional student as well. So there was the three of us on the back side of there, just helping to grow things, which I adore. And I still kind of help them every now and then. Um, they were doing their online platform recently, and I was helping them on there as well. Or if they need me for events, I'm always keen to say yes because. As part of a little family. Yeah. Um yeah, so I've done that as well. And then where else was I going? From there, he was actually so I was consulting on the side um as well through all of this. Yeah. Just in my little home clinic. Um mm-hmm. just really select amount of clients. Yeah. Um but kind of got to the point and I was like, no, I need to change. So my partner at the time, well, I don't know at the time, we're still together. My husband and I essentially we packed up everything and moved to Europe. Wow. we just just need a change. And the plan (laughs) highly recommend that as well. Um, (laughs) the plan was to live in London for two years and make that as a base and travel, but we kind of arrived, bought a van and didn't stop traveling for a year. So it was absolutely amazing and they just got to see so many different countries and explore like their own version of naturopathy, which i loved my i don't know if my if rob quite enjoyed being pulled through paris looking for herbal dispensaries but <laughs> that's what it was that's what it was <laughs> um but at the same time there was a health retreat there were uk health retreat but they were based in malta Um, and they found out I was traveling through Europe and they offered me a short-term job and flew me from Ireland to Malta where I was able to work in a health retreat for a little bit while left Robin Island to to surf the freezing, freezing water. Um, (laughs) And I got to go enjoy some sunshine for a bit. Wow. So that was all happening. And then the year was kind of up and we were kind of exhausted, um, and we decided to come back home, um. And I knew by that point that I was ready to consult full-time um, and I just needed the cash to do it essentially. So I got a job for a supplement manufacturing company um, while I was deciding whether I wanted to rent a room from someone or if I wanted to open my own space. Um But that also was just another amazing experience. And I got to learn all about how, like, supplements made and the sourcing process, excipients, and everything else from start to finish. So it was just another amazing tool that I can now use clinically as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. So then it was time to leave and open the clinic, essentially.
0: Um, And that's how how Ahara Health was born. That is incredible. What a story. (laughs) There's so (laughs) many things we can talk about in that. I'm like on the edge of my seat right now. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah I'm, de- <laughs> I'm definitely a big believer in trying as much as possible to know what's the best fit for you, because something that you may not think is right is usually where you find something you love. So yeah, i dabbled a lot.
0: Yeah, that's brilliant advice. And yeah, what brilliant experience you had leading you to where you are today. And I'm sure it's all sort of helped feed into why your clinic has become a success as well. It's incredible. Yeah um so before we dive deep into the clinic side of things, do you want to talk a little bit about your experience on the health retreat and what the sort of roles were while you were there in malta
1: yeah sure so firstly europe loves australian trained naturopaths and nutritionists so okay. there is definitely, well maybe not in the current climate <laughs> but <because laughs> when we can travel again um there is a lot of job opportunities for Australian trained practitioners because our level of qualification is just, it's superior. It's so knowledgeable and we have so much history behind it and everyone kind of knows Australians are hard workers. So yeah, it's actually pretty brilliant just from that side of things. Yeah. Um, but while I was at health retreat, I was doing individual consults with the participants there and they were ranging from just people wanting to have a bit, a bit of time out and just needed to relax to their specific cleanses. And they had um, like colonic hydrotherapists and things there as well and other practitioners to support that. Um, There's also people there for specific weight loss um, and just health goals as well so it was a big range of people as well that were kind of going through but my main job was to kind of be their support staff and do the consults and host talks and events and things so that we can just encourage and teach them how to cook and eat well and balance meals and just simple things that they could take with them post-retreat because when you're in that little bubble it's all glorious and fun and then you step out and (laughs) the chaos in the city and you're like "Do it, yeah." Yeah. So it was mostly just giving them the tools to make those changes attainable, essentially.
0: Yeah, that sounds like it would have been so much fun.
1: <laughs> yeah, I loved it. <laughs> it
0: travelling around Malta itself. <laughs> yeah, it would have been. looks beautiful over there. Incredible. Yeah. Um, so if someone did want to find a little job at a health retreat when, as you mentioned, when travelling opens back up and that is an option for us, what advice yeah. would you have um, Yeah, for them to do that?
1: So they found me because I had this little traveling blog um, okay. at the time, yeah. but I think it's definitely worth just reaching out and emailing people and being like, Hey, I'm coming. Is this something of interest to you? they also the same way that our colleges um, have like job boards and things like that. So does the London school or the naturopathic school of London um, and there was quite a few jobs listed up there, which I found beneficial. Um, but put yourself out there more than anything else, because yeah. they're not going to find you unless you're putting yourself out there. So yes. don't be shy. Yeah. <laughs> that, That's such good that email. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um,
0: yeah. And you mentioned you had a travel blog. Is that something you would recommend for people to do to have a website or just even in general, even if they're not going on health retreats? is that a good tool? Would you say from your experience to help people find you and be out there?
1: Absolutely. So the, we, I just kind of did the travel blog just so mainly we could remember what we were doing. Yeah. Um, like Travelling nonstop for you. you kind of forget places. Nice. Um, but having like the Heart Health social media pages and the Heart Health website, it's just invaluable. It really is. I've even I remember I had one of my clients who's just the most amazing client ever. And she found the clinic purely because I had written an article on almond milk and <laughs> she lived over like the other side of the bridge. And so she would travel an hour and a bit to come to the clinic every weekend or every couple of weekends. And that purely because there was an article up on the Hara Health's website about almond milk, she had nothing to really do with what she was coming for. Um, But yeah, so you can just reach a large amount of people with just the simplest thing, even if you're just creating uh, like a breakfast slice that gives another option other than eggs just for something people are searching, just makes it a lot more, bigger reach and allows more access to, for people to find you, essentially.
0: Yeah, brilliant. That's so cool. Um, Okay. And one more question before we start talking about the clinic, Um, your role at The Healthy Chef. Do you want to yes. like, talk a little bit about that? What did that actually involve? What were some of the day-to-day tasks? Was it more of like what you do now, the consulting, or was it more um, behind-the-scenes sort of content? Yeah,
1: So it kind of evolved um, when I was... First, there it was as a naturopath. So when p- like clients would email in if they had any health con- like questions or if products would be suitable for them, that that I would be one of their point of call, essentially. Um, mm-hmm. And from there, I turned into what was it like a PR manager? It just, <laughs> just it changed a lot, which I kind of loved because yeah. even clinically now, no two days the same. So it was yeah. I loved it from that side of things. Um, And then, yeah, we kind of did some ghostwriting on the side of that as well. And as my, so Chopped and Changed My Roles, we've ended up on, they did like an online platform for consults, so as one of their practitioners as well. And that was very much similar to what I'm doing in the clinic, just
0: purely online though, from that side of things. But yeah, they're a nice
1: little family. I enjoy working with them.
0: Yeah. I find it's a, one of the great things about working with small businesses is you do have different roles and it's not always necessarily like you started as a naturopath, but then you did PR stuff. And that's one of the really cool things about small businesses. You get to experience different aspects of it. Um, absolutely. Yeah. Do you find that those experiences there really helped you now that you have a horror and you're doing a lot of that for your own business?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Even just having the courage to put yourself out there it actually can be quite intimidating but yeah. once you're in it it's not nearly as scary once the email has been sent <laughs> yeah <laughs> I thought was fine um <laughs> but yeah absolutely even just all the different networking opportunities that I've had from all the different jobs that I've kind of worked in yes. just gives you Each, each job had their own little collection of people that even if I haven't spoken to someone for five or 10 years, I'm still getting referrals from them just because they know where I've come from and what my kind of the way I consult is and things like that as well. So kind of, isn't that like, it's absolutely beneficial being out there and just meeting more people from that side of things.
0: Yeah. Brilliant. Um, all right, so let's dive into the clinic. This is going to be really cool. Sure. I'm really excited because you're the, actually the first one I've had on the podcast who actually has their own clinic as opposed to just working like, for themselves out of whether it's a multimodality clinic or just consulting online and that sort of stuff. So it'll be really cool from your perspective of being a multimodality clinic owner.
1: So sure. obviously
0: that doesn't happen overnight. Um, you mentioned before you slowly were building up your client base and you were working on the side while doing that. At what point were you able to transition to full time consulting? And then how did you evolve to a point where you were bringing on staff and having your own space as well? <laughs> sure.
1: Oh, <Well>, okay. So <laughs> <Slow in> Question. <laughs> <In> questions. <laughs> um. So yeah. I kind of was seeing clients on the side. So the clinic is now, our health is now two and a bit years old. Yeah. Um, so I had been seeing clients for part-time on and off for at least five years before that as well um, under a different business name, which overly wasn't a very smart decision to change business. By <laughs> names, but I'm happy we switched God. to a heart health. Um, but One, it gave me the confidence when you're seeing multiple clients anyway, because it can be quite daunting to step straight out of clinic in, uh, sorry, straight out of college into clinic full time, because you are kind of propped up with all these amazing stories, if you will, that clinic is awesome and you'll be working all the time and you'll be super busy and then you kind of step out and there's nothing. It's crickets and you're starting from scratch and you don't have a giant unis marketing team encouraging clients to come see you. Yeah. Um, It was when we came back from Europe that I was looking at renting a clinic space Mm -hmm. and I was looking at the financials behind it and it was actually better for me financially to open a whole clinic and Mm -hmm. run it myself than it was to sublease a room full time. Okay. Um, which was very daunting because it wasn't exactly what I had planned at the time. I just wanted to work in another multimodality clinic and kind of go from there. Um, But I found this space in Newport and I just had, I had to have it essentially. (laughs) Um, So yeah, we embarked on this massive renovation and turned the clinic into what it is today. Um, so it was quite the process, but yeah. I'm super grateful that we went down that path, essentially. Um, yeah. But, yeah, it's definitely having a clinic and having your own space. I adore it. I really do. Like when you walk up the arcade and see a horror health on the window, it just makes you smile, essentially. Well, it makes me smile, anyway.
0: Yeah, I'd be so um, proud of what you created.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it's nice having your very little stamp on things. Yeah. Um But I'm definitely not going to sit here and say that it's easy and that it doesn't take work or that you won't when you're starting, you won't have days where you don't see a single client or you won't have a week where you won't have a client. Um, But when you put the marketing in and the effort in and word of mouth starts to happen, it definitely can grow, which, yeah, very fortunate that it's happened to that point.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and for it to only be two and a half years old and for you to already be bringing on staff and now bringing on more staff, like, that's a really great accomplishment. Mm-hmm. Thank you.
1: It's exciting. Mm-hmm. I definitely, I, I think what I love the most about the clinic is that I do have other practitioners there with me um, because even though you can be in consults from 8am to 8pm and just be talking all day and being with people it's a weird kind of feeling and it can actually get quite lonely in a Mm -hmm. sense that very different from any other kind of jobs um so it's nice just being able to have the chit chat and the banter with other practitioners and just usually sip on tea together and just share a raw dessert from around the corner um or (laughs) um if you're getting stuck on a case and you just need a different perspective. It's nice just having someone there to kind of throw ideas off and just get a different perspective essentially from that side of things. So I, I really do love working with other practitioners. It's definitely where I think a lot of growth can kind of come from. Um, And I knew when I opened the clinic that I always wanted to have other practice there Um, even before I finished studying. I had planned um, to open a multi modality clinic purely so I can be with other practitioners as well, which, yeah, so it's pretty fun that it's turned out the right way that I wanted it to be.
0: Yeah, that's great. Um, and so, do you rent out the rooms to the other practitioners, or how does that work from that perspective? Yeah.
1: So, at the moment, we're renting out the rooms to other practitioners. Um, yep and it's working quite well for us and them, especially typically the practice that we have are a little bit more established um, because it can be quite daunting taking on a room rental once a week, every week. Um, But we make sure the way I kind of run the clinic is that I want it to run from a practitioner's perspective. So if I'm personally not happy signing a lease agreement, for somewhere else that I wouldn't expect someone else to be in that position either So I definitely run it from a practitioner's perspective and make sure that we are flexible as much as possible And I am a big believer in just because I'm doing something one way doesn't necessarily mean it's the best way So I think whenever we can collaborate and get feedback from one another. It definitely makes a big difference um, but yes, yeah, so The room is a full day rental and you get discount for multiple days and we have a full herbal dispensary and supplements and then we have a small eco shelf um, so we can support our clients' needs that way as well. So kind of all in one spot.
0: Yeah, that's perfect. Makes it nice and convenient. (laughs) (laughs) And do you find that you're able to refer between practitioners because obviously it's not just you as a naturopath you've got. Do you have an acupuncturist there? And a herbalist,
1: we have a massage therapist. We had a, a vago abdominal therapist, um, oh, cool. but she now just got yeah. Oh. Um, also, we <laughs> have a herbalist and nutritionist currently, um, yeah. which is yeah, it's a nice little collection. I would love more bodywork practice in the clinic, um, so I'm looking for more. Um, so living so <laughs> <laughs> um but I love cross referring i really do because as a practitioner we can't do everything for that client um and i personally work a lot in women's health and fertility and preconception care so when i can refer someone to someone like the massage therapist the abdominal therapist we just get faster results and it's a lot more successful for not only me as a practitioner but for the client as well which is always the main priority um Yeah, absolutely. So I adore sharing clients with the practice in the clinic or next door. There's an osteo and acupuncturist. So we often cross refer from that side of things as well. Um, Yeah. yeah. Where the arcade's located, it's a very awesome spot. We've got literally 10 female based health businesses um, in the same spot. So we often cross refer within the arcade as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, what a nice place to be. (laughs) There's a lot of tea chit-chats out in the arcade. Yeah, (laughs) like a little community. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That's brilliant. So this is probably going to be a hard question, and you have already said that no two days are the same, but if you had to give an example of a typical day in clinic or a typical day running your business, how Mm -hmm. would you describe that? What would it look like? Um, So the...
1: Typical day in clinic and the typical day running the business are not often on the same day So I try and have complete clinic days where I'm seeing clients back to back And then I try and do the business side of things on a different day Just so I'm not getting distracted and then I'm not getting pulled between the two There is it's Virtually impossible to do that. And <laughs> there is definitely most days is crossover um but so for me, I am very kind of strict with myself on the amount of clients that I see in a day, purely from, I don't want to burn out and I don't want to lose that spark I have for seeing clients. Yep. So I make sure that I allocate time between each client so that I can just have, just go for a walk around the block and get some fresh air um, or in summer I may block out the middle of the day and go have a swim because we're right next to the beach. So I I fit that in, or I finish early and go to that. Um, It's right there. Just say no when it's right there. Um, But yeah, so it kind of works from that perspective for me. Um, And then on the business days is when I do all like the product ordering and the dispensary and stock taking. They can catch up on client files and doing research for clients and um, emailing doctors and GPs and specialists or medical centres trying to obtain pathology results from other practice, um from other practitioners. Um, so it really is no two days of the same. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I personally love I love the the structure of no structure if that's a yeah that thing um, that I have the freedom to create the day that works for me that if I need to step out early to go do something that I can schedule that ahead of time and make that happen. Or if I need to squeeze more clients in or open more hours, then I have that option as well. So yeah. I definitely enjoy the benefit that that has.
0: Yeah. Amazing. And do you get any help with any of the facets of running the business? Cause obviously there are so many things involved and you've already touched on many of those, but even like all the accounting side of things and like, do you do all of that yourself or do you have people? Helping? I
1: have, I mostly do it myself. I have a bookkeeper that um, helps me with Baz cause that is not fun. Um, <laughs> and I really don't like that side of things. Um, so I do what I need to and we use Clinico, um, the booking system, which works really well for us. Oh, yeah. And yeah. So a lot of the accounting side's kind of done um, when you're kind of on that side of things. Um, but managing social media and writing blog posts, I did that. I, our practitioners also write for the higher health website. Yeah, so and- that it's purely as a way for them to build their audience essentially. So the more they they can do that as much as they'd like and share on our social media and things like that. Um, we do our own marketing as well. I also have written for digital and print media, um, which is also a really good marketing tool. Um, just getting your name out there a little bit more yeah. from that side. Um, but yeah, at the moment, it's currently a lot that I am doing, um, which is working. But I am currently, where am I? Almost five months pregnant. So I don't know how long that will look, stay the same way or look the way it is. But I am excited and with the flexibility that comes with everything that it's easy to adjust to what I need. And if I need to bring on a receptionist specifically, then that's fine as well. And just kind of adjust as we need, essentially.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Wow that's great and very impressive that you are able to fit that all in while consulting and seeing clients throughout the week as well. <laughs> yeah. So I mean business days and consulting days. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and hopefully some days for you time as well and rest. Yes. <laughs> so, Wednesdays are my day off. <laughs> yeah. I love. You. Yeah. A big week break. <laughs> so what would you say the best tools or best ways that you have grown your customer base um, and been able to, yeah, establish a client base have been? Um,
1: The most valuable is word of mouth, for sure. Um, Yeah, it's literally, it's it's just invaluable. It really is. One, it's free. So brilliant from a (laughs) finance side of things. Um, But it just... It just speaks so much louder than having paid ads and things like that, Um, definitely, from my perspective. Um, Because I work in women's health and pregnancy, when you have the result of a baby as well, it definitely helps from that side of things Um, when women are talking, especially on the northern beaches, and especially for my age group, there's a lot of pregnant women at the moment. Um, so that's really been amazing. The website and writing for other digital print and, um, media and things that has also been really helpful and just gets my name out there a little bit more. Um, and when I first started the clinic, I would approach both digital and print media and be like, can I write for you? Do you need this recipe? Just little things for free so that we could get more audience reach essentially. From yep. that side of things um, and that is has been really beneficial as well the website like I said before it's a it's a just it's brilliant from that side of things you can't you need a good website essentially as a practitioner um, you need to stand out because there are a lot of practitioners and usually there's a lot of practitioners in the one area as well so if your website is clunky or doesn't work or the pictures won't load or it just people move on essentially yeah Um Yeah. And social media, it's a big one. It's necessary evil (laughs) a little bit (laughs) because it can be so time consuming. Um, But yeah, it's kind of one of those things that needs to happen. But we, where I live or where the clinic is and where I live, we are a part of like a practitioner networking group. And that's really brilliant with other prakis just to kind of network and get your name out there a little bit more. I also run the Northern beaches wellness practitioners um, page with a couple other practice, which helps from a networking perspective. So the more things you can kind of get your name out, it just, you become someone that people recognize and become familiar with. And then next time they're thinking of a that they need to refer someone to your name is usually at the front of their mind. So yeah. it definitely works from that side of things
0: yeah that's great and when you are approaching the um, media online media sites and things like that do you email them with ideas of what you would like to write for them or how do you sort of approach that and get your name out there in that sense
1: um it depends who and what it is but yeah pretty much you can For smaller ones, it's easier to kind of have everything written and ready to go and be like, here's this. Would you like to use it? Um, For bigger companies and magazines, it's a lot harder to get in the door and it definitely helps to know someone there already and – um, doing a little bit of digging and working out who the editor is for that particular department or the editor assistant and things, and just getting a little bit of a feel from that side of things, even mm-hmm. on social media, reaching out and kind of being like, Hey, this is me. Like how yep. can we do something together? Absolutely. From that side of things. But mm-hmm. I think many people are scared to take that step because it is, it's quite confronting and you're putting yourself into a vulnerable state. So it's easier just not to, essentially. So if you can take the time and put the effort out, it actually really does pay back.
0: Yeah, I find that with a lot of things. The things that are scarier or more daunting or more vulnerable, they're often the ones with the biggest payout. So, yeah, I think <laughs> yeah. there's, there's <laughs> often good on the other side of pushing through that fear and going for it and being seen. And, yeah, so that's brilliant advice. Absolutely. <laughs> Um, and what would you say is the most time-consuming aspect of running your own clinic?
1: The admin. Yeah. That's <laughs> glamorous. That's <So> glamorous. Much, <laughs> not glamorous at all. Yeah. Um, whether it's entering stock or ordering stock or um, chasing practitioners for working with children, check certificates or just little admin things, it it builds up quite quickly. Um, but yeah, so yeah, you've got to be, I think that would definitely be the benefit of renting a space as opposed to owning a space. You don't have that admin. Um, but yeah, I still wouldn't change it personally, yeah. but the admin, <laughs> it's my
0: <Yeah>. least
1: <laughs> I would happily just be deep in my like research papers and client notes rather than bookkeeping and admin.
0: Yeah, I can imagine, but it's good to know because, yeah, we need to talk about the less glamorous side of all these things as well and the reality of running your own business. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It's not all shiny and fun. As much as we'd love it to be. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) One day you can outsource it all and just do all the fun stuff.
1: Yeah, that's the plan.
0: So what would you say is the most fun um, or the part you love most about running the clinic is it seeing the people or, or yeah
1: yeah i love it by far i love seeing clients i really do i love that each client brings their own personality and no two cases are ever the same which is how health should be that it should never be seen as the same anyway yeah um but when you get an email at like 10 o'clock at night on a sunday and it's from a client being like, I did a happy poo. Yes. Only practitioners would understand that pure joy that you get from seeing an email like that or um, or getting a text message from a client and it's a positive pregnancy test when you've been working with them for six months to a year and it's been unsuccessful and it's just so much joy. And it doesn't need to be those like a big thing like pregnancy. You can literally be like, I did a poo today. Um, <laughs> and you know how much that means to that person and it just brings it just like validates all the hard work that you've been doing and all the hard work they've been doing because in the end it's really up to the practice uh, to the client and the hard work they put in more than up to us essentially
0: yeah we just show them the way they have to walk the path it's so Absolutely. rewarding yeah <laughs> yeah Awesome. And what would you say are some important skills that are needed for people who do want to start their own multimodality clinic or go down that path?
1: I think the more experience, the better. And yeah. I am grateful for my history and the fact that I've worked in so many different areas because it just really paved for me that I this is where I'm supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Um So I think getting yourself out there and experiencing different areas and finding if you don't want to work in a specific area like women's health or fertility, that's fine. Just find what brings you happiness essentially, because if you enjoy what you're doing, it's never quite work. It really isn't. And you just enjoy it and it's just another brilliant day. Um, I wish... I wish our degrees had more psychology training in them or more counselling training in them because often clients do come to you needing that emotional support and from a clinical perspective or from a studying perspective, Mm -hmm. I personally didn't find there was enough from that side of things. So definitely if you're wanting to go down that path looking at maybe adding something like that on Mm -hmm. um, or if you're wanting to run a clinic, perhaps doing something in business would be a good <laughs> idea because <laughs> my husband keeps pushing me to go studying something in business. Um, <laughs> just, just for some fun. Um, but I think the more experience you have and the more you're kind of networking, the more you can kind of ask for help as well. Um, even before I was opening the clinic, I've reached out to an amazing practitioner in Double Bay and she welcomed me into her clinic and showed me how she ran things and what worked for her and what didn't. And then I was able to take that and start the clinic from kind of a little bit more feedback from that side of things. Um, And I absolutely welcome students and other practitioners to reach out to me because that is how I grew. And if I could do anything to help other practitioners grow, then I'm more than welcome. I'm happy to do that and support them along the way because it really is just the most amazing way to learn, essentially.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Because it's so true. Like being able to see into the way a business functions is so much more valuable than learning about business in a textbook or just having to figure it all out yourself. It's sort of like, yeah absolutely showing you this is what i do this is how i run it and then they can go and take their own spin to it and yeah use what they can from your knowledge
1: yeah absolutely. absolutely makes a big difference and if you're wanting to consult go to different clinics go to different practitioners and see how they consult because what you're taught at college when you're going down a very long form may not be the way that you actually want to consult so the more experience that you're going as a client is how you can evolve as a practitioner as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. What would you say from your experience seeing the other practitioners alongside you and from your own personal experience, what would you say makes a successful um, clinical nutritionist or clinical naturopath?
1: On some level, clients, if they enjoy your company, they're going to come back to you. Um, from that side of things so everything I do in the clinic is to make my clients experience a good one from that side of things so we have specific music playing so it's relaxing when they walk in we have special um, specific essential oils burning so that that smell resonates with the clinic and that means like a calming (laughs) space for them Um, every client gets a cup of tea when they walk in and sit in the consult, just so it's a time for them to debrief and breathe essentially from that side of things. Um, And then what I actually find really invaluable from a pracky perspective is taking the time to check back in with the client. So, if I am seeing an uh, initial consult, then I typically don't see them for a week to two weeks later, and I absolutely will always email that client halfway through that period to see how they're going and if they have any questions or how they're finding the taste of my herbs. <laughs> a brilliant email on the first <laughs> the first bundle of herbs, um, but it lets people know that you're still thinking about them essentially so that you're not just a number that you're not just another client that you're not going to a quick consult for 15 minutes and then forgotten about so it just really leaves an impression from that side of things Um, so I make sure I do that for initial consults as well as my return consults as well so if I'm not seeing someone for a month or two months then I'll check in about halfway through to see if they have any questions and typically they do Um, And they may just be a little bit too shy to ask them or something might change because a lot can change in a month. It really can, especially from a health perspective and a life perspective and with COVID happening at the moment that it's no two two weeks are the same. Um, So I definitely find checking in to be something that my clients really appreciate from that side of things. So yeah.
0: Yeah. Sounds like it is very much about yeah building a good relationship and having those communication skills and I guess I can see where you're coming from when you say that whole psychology and counselling side of it would be a really beneficial add-on too.
1: Yeah, I think clients and the same for like practitioners, we just want to be heard and like humans just want to be heard essentially. So if they're going through something with their health and it's they're not getting the answers that they're looking for, if they're getting dismissed they're just not going to go back from that side of things. And then nothing is ever going to improve. So if they are feeling like they're being heard, even if it takes a little bit longer to get to the root cause, at least they're feeling supported from that side of things. I know um, that's definitely from my health journey experience anyway. So I want to make sure that no one ever has to go through a really shit consult (laughs) and leave feeling like, You've just kind of made it all up on your head, or that you're just feeling more lost than when you started. So, the more we can be there to show that we're they're being heard, it really makes a big difference.
0: Yeah, I think you've hit the nail on the head there, and that is such invaluable advice. Like, yeah, that's spot on. So, everyone take notes. <laughs> <laughs> um, and have you done any further study? I know to be registered or with any associations, you do need those CPE points. Um, how do you <laughs> go about? collecting your CPA points and yeah, have you done any other like courses or anything like that?
1: I've done little courses and they were mainly to get those points done. Um, (laughs) I personally love going to seminars and conferences and things like that, as opposed to just webinars. Um, And that's purely for networking more than anything else. Um, Plus it's a lot more entertaining to sit and listen as opposed to just staring at a screen. But yeah, <laughs> I can just absorb it so much better. Yeah. Um, and, but you get to network, you get to network with the sales reps and things from that perspective because sales reps, they literally see everyone. So if you're looking for another practitioner or if they know someone that's looking for a practitioner, like as a client. Mm-hmm. they can refer from that side. I think so it's actually get a lot of rep referrals, which is awesome. Oh. Um, but you could literally sit down to the person next to you and find the most amazing practitioner that you can then network with and grow from there. So I definitely advise going to the seminars and don't be shy when it's lunchtime and sit down next to someone that you may not usually sit next to and just put yourself out there. Cause while it's scary, you can definitely meet a lot more people that way. Yeah. Um, but yes, but I would like to study some more. Um, I'm kind of, I was <laughs> deciding whether to fall pregnant or study. Um, <laughs> and I decided I'm pregnant. Um, I don't, I'm looking at a that. master. I know, I'm like, oh, equally insane. am yeah. um, looking at a master's of acupuncture at the moment oh. um, or a master's of women's reproductive health. So that's kind of where my thought process is at the moment. Um, I like the idea of being able to offer acupuncture and then you can see from a business perspective, um, you can see multiple clients at the same time, which is brilliant from a business perspective, but from a women's health reproductive side of things, pregnancy, being able to offer acupuncture alongside Western herbal medicine and nutritional medicine, it just kind of ramps your treatments a little bit further.
0: Yeah, especially as that seems to be the area that you have niched into um, and where your passion lies. So I can imagine any extra you can learn on that would be invaluable for everyone you're helping as well. Yeah.
1: yeah just you just need to bring it to Sydney because at the moment so it's only in Melbourne. So oh,
0: no.
1: you'll have to come down.
0: <laughs> <I know. laughs> That'd be <one's> pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I am my Melbourne. I can fly down, that's fine. <laughs> Um, so I wanted to ask a little bit about running a dispensary and having a dispensary at the clinic. What are like the logistics behind that and how do you best manage that? Do you have it all there in person or do you still use some of the online things like vitally or what's the best approach?
1: I don't use Mm vitally. Um, I personally have found that if you have a client coming to the clinic, if you can physically give them the product, they're going to take it if you <laughs> encourage them to order it or get it somewhere else, it won't happen straight away. And if you're looking at like a two week cycle it's taken them a week to get there to start it, and then you've got to wait for time to actually to work most, like most of the response will be, well, it hasn't done anything. <laughs> um, so <laughs> I definitely love having the herbal dispensary in the clinic. Yeah. Um, one, because the clients get to see their own blend happening right before them. Um, often request better tasting herbs just to sweeten the bottle a little bit. Um, so that they love that. But it yeah. means they also get to, like, we brand our own bottles and things. So, from a marketing perspective, if it's sitting on someone's kitchen bench but oh, my naturopath gave it to me and then that's another referral from that side of things. So yeah. it definitely works from that. Um, it isn't cheap starting a dispensary um, by any means. I was exceptionally fortunate in the health food shop that I used to work at all those years ago. Um, they It was a husband and wife and they ended up getting divorced um, which is super sad but they closed the business and gave me their full dispensary. Okay. wow so, that's I was incredible lucky from that to it start to be, wasn't it <laughs> yeah <laughs> I was like oh okay let's do this um so there was a, <laughs> I was exceptionally lucky from that side of things and then from there the dispensary just kind of grew mm-hmm. um and then I also had sorry, <gasps> my dog um the way i kind of did products i wanted to make sure that i wasn't just stocking the shelves with lots of different things that weren't going to sell for my particular market so i when the clinic was opening i asked all the reps to come in individually and we went through what they kind of were selling and i kind of picked from there Mm -hmm. um i try and support practitioner only brands in the clinic specific that are clinic only one from a business perspective that they're not just going to find it at the discount chemist across the street. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, two that I can monitor what that client is taking because it is prescription only. Yeah. Um, which I really appreciate. And three, the quality is often a lot more superior as well from that side of things so I was very specific about the products that we have in the clinic um, on the dispensary shelf and then on the other side of the clinic we have more eco product products which are like bath salts and um, roller blends and teas and diffusers and things like that so just kind of means that clients can kind of follow their health journey and go down that way
0: yeah that's brilliant um, and you mentioned you brand it all with your branding as well. Did you design all of that? How did you sort of, um, yeah, get your labels and decide yeah. to go down that route? Yeah.
1: So my, I ended up, when we did the website, I used a web designer, um, at yeah. Katie Creative. She is wonderful. Um, and it was a no-brainer for me to ask her to do the liquid bottle um, labels for that. Beautiful. We've also done our own... Herbal powdered blends which we've got a five in the range and so she's also designed the labels for them as well So it's a lot of uniform in the clinic and everything's quite earthy from that side of things um, But yeah, so there's definitely things that you need to outsource purely from a time perspective that you can't do everything um, and like I mentioned before, I am exceptionally impatient,
0: so <laughs>
1: <laughs> I like results to happen quickly and I like to get the job done fast so I can get to the next job essentially. Yep. Um, so I definitely outsourced that one.
0: Yeah. Nice one. And you mentioned you have your own range of products. That's really cool. Do you find yeah. that, that sort of stemmed, like your interest came from working in your past roles where you were? Um, developing products and helping oversee that.
1: A little bit. Yeah. What I I just wanted to offer. So with liquid herbs, they don't always taste the best. Yeah. <laughs> <So> <laughs> love them dearly, um, but the, sometimes the compliance isn't always there. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to provide clients with a different option and powdered it's just the easiest from that side of things so we don't use any excipients so it's as pure as it can be and it's just ground herbs essentially and like cinnamon and spices and things to make it flavored um, from that side yeah um but yeah and it's just another way to get low dose help herbs in to kind of every day without having that same high therapeutic dose of liquids but yeah yeah another thing to offer clients
0: Amazing. And do you sell those online as well, or is that just exclusive to your clinic and to your clients?
1: At the moment, it's exclusive to the clinic, not necessarily our clients, um, but definitely the clinic. I think personally that there's a lot of products on the market that need to be under practitioner watch. So I'm quite passionate about making sure that I'm watching what my clients are taking and making sure there's no interaction with medications and things like that as well. So yeah. um, just making sure we don't do any harm and yeah. support as much as possible. So yeah, at the moment it's not online, um, but it is an option for the future.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. And it's good to see how much care you have as well, even in saying that you're keeping it exclusive to the clinic for now, so you can oversee it. That's really, it just shows how much you really do care about everyone as opposed to being out for the money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, And so when you were developing those formulas what was some of the work that went into that and the thought processes behind that like if someone did want to go down the path of developing something for their own clinic or for their clients what would your yeah. advice on that be
1: so first i would start and have a really clear picture of what the product is that you want it to be so within australia we have the tga and for zans yeah so if is a therapeutic good. It needs to go through TGA essentially. And that's like a listed product, like supplements and things. And yeah. then you've got Fizans, which is food standard in Australia, New Zealand. Um, and essentially we fall under Fizans. So the requirements on the bottle and everything else needs to be to those strict guidelines. TGA is a lot more strict, especially for a listed product. Um, so I knew from the beginning that I had to stick to a certain guidelines. I also spoke to our association, Um, I'm with ANTA to make sure that I wasn't crossing any bounds, like any lines or anything like that. And that I would still be covered legally, which I think is really important. Um, And made sure that none of the products had claims, like, um, because, There's a lot of legal things that can't be said. Like you can't say a product will cure this or your product will do this essentially, because if there's no evidence to that, then you can essentially be sued. Um, So I made sure from a legal perspective that we were kind of covered. Um, And then from there, it was all about taste. So (laughs) I wanted to make sure that they tasted good essentially and that they were able to be used daily and added into either smoothies or hot drinks like our dreamer tastes like a chai tea but essentially you warm up on the stove of a night time it's yeah. got passionflower and chamomile, so it's sweet um but it's just super relaxing and it's part of a ritual yeah. that you're able to unwind from the day and it's not just another product thrown into a smoothie that it's its own entity so yeah i really wanted to make sure that i was slowing my clients down essentially that they're unwinding but yeah
0: yeah, I love that. That sounds really cool. And did you have to send those off for approval? Like you mentioned, if, the Fizans guidelines, or is it just sort of you read the guidelines and then as long as they comply, you can do what you want essentially?
1: With phasans, yes, with yeah. TGA, no. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. No.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it depends. So if it's a food, um, it falls under phasans, essentially. So as long as you're not saying the wrong thing and no one's reporting you then you're kind of covered from that side of things tga is a lot more auditing and a lot more legal
0: yeah cool and do teas come under that category with physans
1: or can tees, you just find it's a, bit of a bit of gray area but it's more under physans
0: yeah okay cool do you find you use a lot of teas as a naturopath or absolutely <laughs> yeah <laughs> absolutely they yeah. i
1: just love them when well, every client gets a cup of tea anyway. It's always herbal. Um, <laughs> loosely. Coughing them on the
0: spot, <laughs> not just <because laughs> yeah. of the environment. Also, the, the therapeutics through the tea is like, we have got to cover it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's all part of the experience.
0: But
1: yeah. um, I love about tea is that you essentially have this low dose therapeutic action that people can enjoy throughout the day. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. It helps that I'm also in love with tea. So yeah. that's probably why I prescribe it from that side of things.
0: I can relate on that. I'm a tea addict. Yeah. yeah. Especially now it's coffee. Yeah. <laughs> need them. Yeah. Um, awesome. So what would you say your vision for the future is? You've obviously got a baby on the way, which is super exciting. <laughs> and that will obviously bring about a change in the way you run your business. But yeah, if you had to say what your vision is at the moment, what would that be?
1: Well, I think it's always changing, essentially, yeah. um, which is kind of a good thing because you can adapt to how things grow. Um, Absolutely. But I definitely want to expand Ahara um, a little bit more. My husband, he's an exercise physiologist and a Pilates instructor, so he is definitely wanting to jump on the Ahara train and somehow expand that as well. Yeah. Um yeah i'd love to do our own health retreats internationally um if there's any chance that we can live biannually like half in australia half in italy or spain that's definitely a goal Um, uh, (laughs) (laughs) some big plans in the work but for now it's definitely adjusting to what the clinic life would be with the newborn and a family of three and our little sausage dog and (laughs) how we can kind of continue seeing clients and supporting our clients' needs and grow from there, essentially.
0: Yeah. Will you be taking maternity leave or how is that going to work in terms of you stepping back from the business? Because this could be interesting for anyone else who is in similar circumstances. Yeah. It's
1: so far. So we're not due until November. Um, But... (laughs) Currently, pregnant Elise, as opposed to Mama Elise, mm-hmm. is planning to take a little bit of time off. Yep. Um, being the very impatient Type A personality mm-hmm. that I am, I had planned to give birth in November um, so that I would then have December and January off and be back in the clinic for like <laughs> the spring, like summer detox refresh new start season yeah um, which typically is February where I am <laughs> yeah. so I did kind of plan so that can happen um and because my husband works he gets school holidays off so I also scheduled that into my planning as well obviously yeah. that can't happen for everyone <laughs> and yeah. I am very grateful that what I had planned actually worked
0: yeah. um
1: but yeah, so at this stage, I will be taking a couple months off to, and then even if I'm not seeing clients, but going in and just doing drop-in dispensary and things so clients can still come in and see me, um, yeah. quick little refills and things like that, as well as bringing on more practitioners so that they can look after my client load when I can't be there. Um, yeah. From that, that's kind of the plan for now and kind of adjust to see what happens.
0: Yeah. Do you go through an interview process when choosing these practitioners that will be taking on your client load? Yeah, yeah absolutely.
1: Yeah. I think it's really important to have like-minded practitioners from yeah, just so that you can they like, can gel really well essentially. Um yeah. but you don't want to be too similar that you can't grow. So it's yeah. kind of finding the balance from that side of things. Um but for me, nutrition and food as medicine is a key part of my health protocols for with my clients. So yeah. it's like I adore, I prefer clients, uh, prakis to share that similar love for food yeah. so that you can kind of be passed similar ethos, I guess, from the whole thing. Um, yeah. But, yeah, it's really... Like the way we kind of do it is we do interviews and then from there we go in to make sure they're certified and things like that as well. We've got insurance and working with children check and all that fun stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's pretty much just finding prackies that click essentially.
0: Yeah. Nice one. So would that be the main thing you look for when finding someone suitable, that they're like-minded and same sort of ethos?
1: Yeah, pretty much. It doesn't particularly, for me, it doesn't particularly matter if they are interested in the same area mm-hmm. or a different area because essentially the clients will pick you based on you. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah. If, and if a client feels like they will have a better response with the other practitioner, that is fine. So, because if it means it's their health journey and that's what's working for them, that's fine as well. So, yeah, yeah it's just pretty much comes down to the individual practitioner
0: yeah amazing awesome um so one quick fire question for you if yep. there was one book that you could recommend every listener to read what would it be and why uh, on health specific yeah it can be anything that you think is valuable <laughs> for us as um, natural health practitioners to benefit either us personally or yeah our knowledge yeah. So
1: because I work in women's health and preconception, my yeah. ultimate book is Lily Nichols' Real Food for Pregnancy. She's awesome. an American dietitian, yeah. um, but she consults like a holistic naturopath or a nutritionist. And it's all about evidence-based food is medicine. So it's an awesome read and it's brilliant from a client perspective as well. It's not just reading a textbook. It's easy to understand, but obsessed with it. Such a good book.
0: Oh, fantastic. I haven't heard of that one, but it sounds like one I definitely need on my radar. (laughs) Yeah. Awesome. Brilliant. Um, And so we have covered so much today, but is there anything that you really want to advise the listeners or um, tell them about if they do want to go down a similar career pathway or just help them be a successful nutritionist or naturopath?
1: Um, I think what I kind of mentioned before, like put yourself out there more than anything else and try those different areas and see what you kind of what path you kind of go down so try not to get too locked in with what you think you should be um because it really does change and you can grow so much from that side of things but just don't be afraid essentially reach out email you can email me i do not mind if it means that i can help in a little bit even if it's where did you study? Which is one I actually get emailed a lot. Um, or what would I actually get emailed a lot? What would your advice be for a new practitioner? Um, just put yourself out there essentially because it's yeah. not nearly as intimidating. And if we often think that we're bothering the other person and if that is the case, it just means you probably won't get an email back. But in that case, it's so <laughs> rare. <laughs> put yourself out there.
0: Yeah, um, and on that note, what would your advice be to a new practitioner? <laughs> that seems to be one of your most asked questions. <laughs> I know there's probably a lot because there's, there's so, so much that into it, but is there one thing that you really want to be the key takeaway? Obviously putting yourself out there um, for any. Yeah, just put
1: yourself out there essentially. Um, and just take each day as it is. Like you don't need to do everything at once. Yeah. Um, we kind of, <laughs> yeah, we kind of leave college and are ready to jump into a full client load. But mm-hmm. it may not happen that way. So take each day literally as it comes and just grow with it essentially. And yeah, yeah. yeah. Try yeah. not to be as impatient as I am. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I love that advice and I can completely relate because especially seeing other people out there doing so many things and having built up a business already and all of that, it can be very overwhelming or you can have all these ideas and want them all to just be done like that. Like, as you mentioned, you're yeah. a PC, so we can definitely relate there. It's just like, yeah, taking that step back, being like, this can happen. This is my own journey. Don't compare yourself to other people, essentially and just put in front of each another. So, yeah, I think that's brilliant. And I think
1: we can look at these, like, bigger practitioners and bigger companies and be like, oh, well, they have it easy. But they haven't. They've worked really hard to get there, and it's taken the time to make that happen. And the only way to get there, essentially, is to start. So if you're ready and you're wanting to do it, put yourself out there and go for it.
0: Yeah, so many truth bombs and nuggets of wisdom there. Love it. <laughs> um, and where can everyone find you and follow along your journey and learn more about what you do and Ahara Health?
1: Sure. So if you're in Newport um, or just happen to be on the Northern Beaches, you're more than welcome to pop in and say hi. I, I like it. So <laughs> you're more than welcome to. Um, you can also find us at aharahealth.com.au or on Instagram Ahara health um and facebook and everything else from that side of things um, or you can always email me at hello at and that's yeah
0: amazing i'll link to all those in the show notes and everything as well so everyone can find you nice and easy and i do recommend following along your beautiful page and seeing just even having a look at your stunning clinic because that is absolute <laughs> clinic goals right there <laughs> <laughs> thank you. <laughs> my pleasure thank you so much for joining me today and sharing so much invaluable advice and wisdom I really appreciate your time and I'm sure everyone has learned so much from this I know I certainly have
1: thanks for having me it's been fun oh, thanks Elise
0: I hope you enjoyed that episode as much as I did I feel like I gained so much valuable insight and advice from it and I hope you agree If you did enjoy this episode, please leave me a review and tell me what you think. I would love to hear your feedback. Do you know anyone else that this episode can benefit? I would be so grateful if you share it with them. That way, they too can benefit from all of the insight that we covered today. Your support means so much to me and together we can help even more people build a career and a life that they love. Thank you for being here. Until next time, keep making your dreams a reality.